Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. If you missed any of the first hour and you're curious about some of the more recent allegations and information regarding the Epstein document dump, then you can go back. The podcast is usually put up pretty quickly and you can take a listen to that. We talked about the Stephen Hawking stuff. We talked about Bill Clinton, Al Gore, Michael Jackson. A lot of these people who were not accused of anything illegal, um, but their names were mentioned. And some people just got their names mentioned because the um, the victims in this case were asked if they ever met this person. So, for example, have you ever met Cameron Diaz? Her name was thrown into it. The, the person says, no, I haven't. And then all of a sudden now, all these outlets can write that Cameron Diaz is part of the Epstein document dump. So, and there's, there's nothing that these celebrities can do about that. That's just, I guess, the nature of how it is. But that would annoy me. Like, now my name is thrown into this just because you asked. They didn't bring me up. You asked them if they knew me. They said no. And now... I might as well be in this as much as Bill Clinton. That's just how I would feel about it. 844-500-4242. And we'll get to that. But you know what Matt brought up in the green room? We were talking about the Prince Andrew of it all. Because this is a guy who has been part of this story since the beginning. And there was all of the accusations that came out after the photo of him with Virginia Roberts. And as I mentioned before, I remember there being something about his fingers. Like he said, oh, no, that picture of me is not legit because and I couldn't remember if it was that his fingers were too fat or they weren't fat enough that he didn't think they were that the picture wasn't his hand because, no, that can't be my hand. My fingers are way fatter than that. That was actually his excuse. And Matt, who's sneaky, has a steel trap memory, said, yeah, but wasn't it also something about sweating? Like, oh, because somewhere in the allegation, his sweating came into play in the story. And he said, right there, that's how you know it's not true, because I don't sweat. We have, do we have an audio clip of this, Jared? Let's play it. She was very specific about that night. Mm. She described dancing with you no. and you profusely sweating <laughs> and that she went on to have bath, there's a, there's possibly. A, there's a slight problem with, 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 with the sweating um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition which is that I don't sweat um, or I didn't sweat at the time and that was oh actually yes I didn't sweat at the time because I um, ha- had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at uh, and I simply it, it was it was it was almost impossible for me to, to, to sweat that is one of the most ambitious lies I've heard in a while. And I know it's old. I know we played this before. But to say that, no, 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 I, it's not that I don't sweat. Because if he said I don't sweat, and then there's a recent picture of him sweating, you could go, well, wait, you're sweating right now in this interview, which, by the way, you shouldn't have done because this is a disaster, obviously. So instead he says, I didn't sweat at the time. I couldn't sweat then, but now he can sweat now. It's so stupid 
And maybe it's true. Maybe it's true. I always like to throw in that caveat. Maybe there's some condition that he has where for a brief period of time when he met Virginia Roberts, he was not sweating. But now it's a miracle he can sweat again. I don't know. But since we're doing flashbacks here, Jared, I think we should play the Amy Robach. Now, Amy Robach has been in the news over the last couple of years because of the affair she had with her co-host. She's like hour, how many hours they have of ABC? Like hour nine of the ABC programming. She since has gotten the boot because of this affair. But how I remember her and how I think a lot of people remember her is she was the reporter. She's a very pretty lady. She was the reporter who didn't realize the camera was rolling. And it's not that the that her words were live, but a lot of times if you work at like ABC or NBC and you're getting your makeup done or they're getting ready for a shot, there's a camera that is recording things. It's probably just like a test camera or whatever. And once in a while, one of those things leaks out. So years after the fact of her saying this, this video leaked out, cut four. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in it because of the planes. She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. And now it's all coming out. And it's like these new revelations. And I freaking had all of it. I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh my God, we, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney three years ago saying like, aunt, like we, there will come a day where we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years ago. So do I think he was killed? A hundred percent. Yes, I do. Because you want to, he made his whole living blackmailing people. Pause it there. There's a lot here that makes sense to me. Like how ABC, they didn't want to run with it because they didn't want to lose. And it's just, it's a good reminder to everyone why you shouldn't trust the media and why, however much you hate the media, you should hate them even more. Because that's what they were concerned about. They weren't concerned. They all want to tell you like, oh, we're here to save the truth. We're here to save democracy. This young woman had the story, had the story. And think about if they had run with it at the time, how many victims might have not uh, been served up to Jeffrey Epstein on a silver platter. But they chose not to run with it because they want to get interviews with Kate and William. Like, I just think it's a good reminder to everyone that the media is terrible. And they're not, you shouldn't trust them and you shouldn't get lectured by them on morality. Like these same people who would rather get an interview with Kate and William and tell Amy Robach to kick, you know, kick rocks with her story about Jeffrey Epstein. Nobody knows who he is. Who cares? There's the same networks that loved pushing out this whole narrative of if you don't get the COVID facts, you're a bad person. If you vote for Trump, you're a bad person. They, they do not let them get on their soapboxes and make you feel any sort of way. Because they are not honest people. They are not looking for the truth. 
And now what's funny is now, for example, Christopher Rufo, it all ties back in. Christopher Rufo is getting the truth when it comes to Claudine Gay. And she's still lying, by the way. In her New York Times op-ed, she said, you know, I, I corrected it right away. She did not correct it right away. That's a lie. Again, she can't stop lying. But Christopher Rufo is a journalist who actually got the truth. And you know what they're saying? His motives aren't pure. He's a bad faith actor. Well, let's just let's just for a hypothetical sake. Let's just pretend you're all bad faith actors on both sides. I'm going to go with the bad faith actors who are getting the actual stories, the truth, the facts, and putting and exposing the frauds. I don't want to go with the bad faith actors who push propaganda and cover up for people like Jeffrey Epstein. No thanks. Um, now, when I talk about Claudine Gay, I want to mention here that she has a New York Times op-ed, and I want to read you just a little bit of it. Can I get the uh, violin, please, Jared? This is Claudine Gay, former president of Harvard. As I depart, I must offer a few words of warning. Oh, please, warn us. Warn us of the dangers ahead. The campaign against me was about more than one university and one leader. Yeah, it was about almost 50 plagiarism charges. I would agree with her about that. She says this was merely a single skirmish in a broader war to unravel public faith in pillars of American society. Again, I hope, as I was just discussing... That this situation does unravel public faith in, I wouldn't consider Harvard a pillar of American society, but I hope that it does unravel faith in these institutions because these institutions are rotten to their core. So I hope people don't trust them. I hope people stop giving their money to them. Campaigns, you don't have to play the, the violin anymore, Jerry. Campaigns of this kind often start with attacks on education and expertise. I think you mean other people's expertise. Because it wasn't your expertise that was under attack. It was the people you copy and pasted from whose expertise is under attack. Because these are the tools that best equip communities to see through propaganda. <laughs> she writes in the New York Times. <laughs> oh, the irony here, Jared, is thick. But such campaigns don't end there. Trusted institutions of all types, from public health agencies to news organizations... AKA the very organizations that have the lowest trust right now from the public because they're liars. They've, they've been caught lying around the clock, just like Claudine Gay. will continue to fall victim to coordinated attempts to undermine their legitimacy and ruin their leader's credibility. She's sounding like Hillary Clinton here. Actually, we should check this, Jared. Can we run a, do one of those things where we check for plagiarism on this New York Times op-ed? This is sounding very Hillary-esque. For the opportunist driving cynicism about our institutions, no single victory or toppled leader exhausts their zeal. We are saying, look at me. Listen to me. I don't disagree with her. Christopher Rufo does seem like he's on the warpath. There, there's, he's not slowing down. This is just, you know, it's re-energizing his campaign to, like you said, Claudine, destroy the trust in these institutions. That's what needs to happen here. People need to have their trust destroyed. And not because you want to you, you want people not to be able to trust things, but because they don't deserve to be trusted. Like if, if agencies or people lie to you, then they deserve to lose your trust. You don't get the trust. You have to earn it. It's that's something fundamental you you learn when you're a little kid. Like you don't get to keep lying to people and then still have people giving you not only their trust, but fat checks to bring to the bank. She says, yes, I made mistakes. That's a tiny part of this op-ed. Yes, I made mistakes. 
in my initial response, she talks about October 7th, going to skip through this, Hamas is a terrorist organization. And at a congressional hearing last month, I fell into a well-laid trap. I neglected to clearly articulate that calls for the genocide of Jewish people are abhorrent and unacceptable, and that I would use every tool at my disposal to protect students from that kind of hate. So that's her apology, I guess. No sorry there, but that's that's supposed to be her big apology, that we're all not accepting. That we're all pouncing and seizing and weaponizing. Our ah, people. the oldest genocide bad trap. Who amongst us? Yes. <laughs> I know I've fallen for it before. (laughs) It says most recently the attacks have focused on my scholarship. Again, no, the attacks have focused on other people's scholarship because nothing about this was your scholarship. You took credit for other people's work. My critics found instances in my academic writings, almost 50. That's me. That's me adding that in there. Where some material duplicated other scholars' language without proper attribution. Is there a word for that? We should really come up with a word for that, Jared. Let me check Webster's. I believe all scholars deserve full and appropriate credit for their work. This is clearly a new belief of hers. I don't think she had this beyond like two weeks ago. When I learned of these errors, I promptly requested corrections from the journals in which the flagged articles were published. That's a lie. She did not promptly do anything. Consistent with how I have seen similar faculty cases handled at Harvard. So the what part of this was the well-laid trap? Just asking if Harvard accepts people calling for the genocide of Jews. That was the trap here. Wow. I, if that if that tricks you, if that gets if you feel trapped with that question, I hate to think if you were actually getting tough questions, what would happen? Then, then the, the house of cards would really collapse. Um, we are going to continue with this, though, because I played a little bit from Michelle Wu defending Claudine Gay, but I didn't actually get to the part that I really want to talk about, which is similar to the well-laid trap theory that Claudine has put out there. It's starting to get chilly out, and there's a really great, easy way to save money on your bills and at the same time stay toasty warm. And that is the Gen 40 heater. There's so many reasons to love this heater. It's very easy to use. It's very, you know, slick and stylish looking. And you don't have to heat up every room in your house. Or even, Jared, I really encourage people to get this for their office because I find that the temperature people want in their office is very personal. You know, it's very subjective. Everybody has a different idea of what the perfect temp is. I'm a big fan of like the 70, 72. That's a little warm for you. Yeah. So I have my heater in the office. You don't have to worry about it. I turn it on. I'm warm. And then when I leave, I have one at my house. So when I watch TV in my living room, I don't have to heat up my guest room or the basement. I can just heat up where I am. I save money. And Jared, people are also going to save money on this already a low-priced product because it's on sale, you're going to save $50 with code GRACE50. That's a lot of savings. Yeah, you save money on your gas or your oil bill. You save money on the product, and you get to stay warm. It's perfect. And right now, um, while other companies are cranking up their shipping prices around this time of year, Eden Pure is giving you free shipping. So here's what I want you to do. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and check out the device. Like, Give it a look. They have so many great products at Eden Pure, but the Gen 40 has a very unique look to it. And you can check it out, and then you can enter code GRACE50 to save $50 off. So that's code GRACE50 when you go to EdenPureDeals.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. And I- this is the Grace Curley Show.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. We were talking about the lie, or, you know, I shouldn't say the lie, but the excuse that Prince Andrew once used to explain why it couldn't be him that was uh, accused from, uh, that Virginia Roberts accused of all sorts of things. He was explaining that it can't be him because he doesn't sweat. And we were talking about this in the green room, and we were, you know, just imitating him. And I said, yeah, yeah, that's... And then I started to realize it's like it's like the SNL sketch, the way he's describing it. Yeah, it couldn't be me because I don't sweat. And uh, the reason I don't sweat is because, uh, yeah, I was in the war. And, uh, and I'm a member of Pathological Liars Anonymous. In fact, I'm, a, I'm the president of that organization. <laughs> yeah, that's who I am. Yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah, not his best work, Prince Andrew. Um, 844-500-4242. Okay, what I want to do now, so I just see this headline, and it's actually perfect. It's from Fox, but it says, New York City sues Texas charter bus companies over migrants. This is the most asinine strategy from these mayors. Like, they're mad that they're being called out for their hypocrisy. They're mad that they've lost. And rather than take the L and kind of reassess and figure out a way to maybe work with these Republican governors and confront the federal government and say, you guys need to do something about this, they continue to do all of these things that have nothing to do with the, as Kamala Harris might say, root of the issue. What is the root of the issue? The border is open. So let's sue the bus companies that are bringing illegal aliens from one part of the country to the other part of the country. And, and I really do think that until one of these mayors, whether it be Eric Adams or Brandon Johnson, I don't, I don't care you know, which mayor it is, but until one of these mayors has the, I don't want to say cojones, but has the strength to say, I was wrong, and go to Greg Abbott or go to Ron DeSantis and say, let's team up. Let's figure this out. We Imagine, Jared, imagine how impossible that would be. And I know why they're not doing it, because they don't want to turn on Biden. Because as you can see, if you turn on the Biden administration, it's not good for you. Especially if you're like any of these Democrats or any politician in general. And you don't have a squeaky clean record. You have skeletons in your closet. It's a it's a huge risk to take. But don't then tell me that you're trying everything you can to stop people from coming into your city who are not legal citizens. Because the real way you would do that is to call up Greg Abbott, is to call up Ron DeSantis and say, I admit I was wrong. I need you to stop sending these buses. And in exchange for you, stop by stopping to send these buses, in exchange, we should go to Biden as a team. I know that's unheard of now, reaching across the political aisle, but we should go to Biden together and say this needs to be stopped. And he will not be able to ignore both sides. He will not be able to ignore that. That is the those are the kind of optics that they are so fearful of. And until they do that, it's a joke like, oh, now you're suing the charter buses because you really want to see a solution to this. That's not the solution. That's not even close to the solution. And you have Mallorcas and KJP and all these administration officials saying, they're, oh, these political stunts and political pawns and, and they're human trafficking people from one place to the other. Okay, but why are there so many people here illegally? Why are so many people getting through? Doesn't that at some point fall under your purview as the head of DHS? Don't you feel any responsibility for that? Joe Biden claims he doesn't have enough money to handle it.
He's got enough money to cancel student loan debt for, you know, thousands of Americans. But when it comes to the border, not so much. We'll be right back. This is Dan Rizzo. It's been well over a year since my brother Paul and I started advertising with Howie. It's been great to meet and work with so many of his listeners and staff. Our goal here is simple, to provide peace of mind and build strong relationships based on trust. Our clients know how much we care about them and their insurance needs. So if you want to save money and experience great customer service, contact us at RizzoInsurance.com. You might be amazed by the cost savings you can achieve. Again, that's RizzoInsurance.com. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Do we do the poll question, Jared? Okay, today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Tours and the November 16th listener getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt. For more information, go to gracecurleyshow.com and click on the listener getaway banner. This poll question does have to do with the segment we are about to dive into. So, Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com, is will DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas be impeached? All right. So I would have said no, but he's been doing the media rounds and this guy is a disaster. And the border crisis is, I mean, every day you'll hear a new number. It's hard to put them in perspective because maybe for some people it's not. But every time I hear like, oh, historic number, 320,000 people, blah, 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 it all kind of blends together for me. But you can tell that this is becoming a problem when the liberal mayors are suing charter buses for bringing people to their cities, which they told us were sanctuary cities. So again, these charter buses and these Republican governors are merely taking up the mayors on their generous offers. And that is now warranting lawsuits, which is nutty. So I wanted to play this cut, though. This is DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorka um, on MSNBC. He has had a very rough two days. So this was his first excuse for the border crisis. Cut one. Border Patrol in the month of December processed more migrants entering the United States illegally than any month in the history of that agency. Why is that happening? What, how do you explain it? So we are seeing the greatest number of displaced people, not only at our southern border, not only in the Western Hemisphere, but across the globe. You know, I am involved in bilateral and multilateral meetings with my counterparts from foreign countries in Europe, uh, in Asia, in the Indo-Pacific, all over the world. In migration, (laughs) the challenge of displaced people. He eventually gets to climate change, but... Was that Willie Geist? Because it sounded like he had a big. <sighs> yeah, Willie was. Uh, He's all of us not right having now. It. You know, the 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 part of these responses that gets me is we have all these people, and Jared, you've made this point before that they're all people who have spent so much time in academia in these institutions like Harvard, and they've they become very very good at talking like saying a lot of nothing 
and using these kind of buzzwords and piecing them all together. And I guess the trick with that is that if you do it for long enough and you use enough of these words like lateral, bilateral, bilateral, lateral, you just keep saying the word lateral over and over again. If you do that enough and you say enough nothing, people eventually will glaze over and like their eyes will glaze over and they will stop paying attention. And that might get you off the hook. Maybe he's hoping people will literally fall asleep while he's talking and then he can just run out of the studio. But he's not saying anything. He, this is just academic speak at this point. This is like new speak. This is, this is Orwellian style language, just saying a whole bunch of nothing. I don't know if Kamala Harris is teaching classes at the White House on how to say so much nothing, but she's doing a bang up job if that's the case. So that was yesterday. He's trying to blame all this displacement on climate change. Now, today, he was asked on CBS Mornings if, you know, where the blame lies here, like if he's responsible for any of this. And take a listen to cut two. This is Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, talking on CBS Mornings about the illegal immigration issue because of the standards at the border and the flow issue that republicans have identified republic uh, democratic leaders mayors governors they're struggling uh, abbott governor abbott in texas is busing people to different states they're showing up on on doorsteps they're in the streets they can't work they're hungry they're begging it's a big big problem what is the white house willing to do to come to the aid of your fellow democrats who say we need help so uh, a few things. Number one, we have sought and received some funding from Congress to assist mayors and governors in addressing the migration challenge. But let me ask you a question. Do you think it is responsible governance for one governor to refuse to coordinate, communicate, cooperate with other state officials around the country and just unilaterally bus people to another locality without informing the receiving locality so that we can work together to address a challenge that our country faces? Is that the type of patriotism and governance that we expect of our officials? I think that both parties are playing games and have been for decades on this issue. And you're not talking about the fundamental point of contradiction. The Republicans want a, a, a stop to the flow with very specific ideas. You're not even talking about those ideas this morning. And so both sides are playing politics as they have been for a very long time. Senator, uh, Secretary Mayorkas. I would respectfully disagree with you. I would respectfully disagree with you. Okay, great. We, we have to leave it there. What a loser Mayorkas is. There's so many parts of this I want to talk about. He says, like, what are you guys willing to do? His answer was, we're willing to blame Republicans. That's all they're ever willing to do. We're willing to blame. We're willing to put 100% of the blame on this on Republicans, and we are willing to take 0% of the blame. That's what we're willing to do. I love this idea of, like, funding. Oh, we got a little bit of funding, but not enough. Not enough money. As if money's the issue here. Enforce the laws on the books. That doesn't require more money. The last thing you crooks need is more money. Okay, that is literally the last thing we should be giving you at this point is more money to screw things up even further, more money so you can have border agents who are focused on, you know, pronouns. You don't need more money 
You need to enforce the laws and you need to start taking just a modicum of responsibility for what you're in charge of. This is Republicans' fault? And you know what would have been good in a moment like that is, I'll ask the questions. Every once in a while, and every once in a while, if a Republican asks a reporter a question, I appreciate it, especially if it's such a gotcha question. But in this case, when he's, the the tough guy routine for Mayorkas is awful. He should go back to being the meek weakling of the bunch because he's that actually plays better for him amazingly enough but the whole um can i ask you a question what do you think about whoa 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 whoa. last time i checked i never heard of this person tony docapil do you say it? tony docapil from cbs never heard of him i don't think he's the dhs secretary i don't think he's in charge of the border so for him to ask you what are you guys willing to do to help your fellow democrats and your answer is that defensive As if this guy, Tony, has something to answer for. He's a reporter at CBS. Lord knows I'm not a fan of CBS, but he asked you a question. It wasn't even a hard question. And he let you go on and on and on and and blather on about nonsense. And he goes, let me ask you a question. If I'm Tony, I go, dude, I'm not in charge here. You wanted this job. I don't think you're going to have it for much longer, but at some point you wanted it. And this is the best you can do. It's, again, there's a reason things have gotten worse since Joe Biden became president. And it's not because they don't have enough money. And it's not because of Greg Abbott. And it's not because of Ron DeSantis. They need a giant reality check and a giant mirror. These people are, it's not even that they're in denial. They are just banking on on the hope. They're banking on the prayer that you are all, that the American people are morons. The scariest part is, and the same thing if you look at Joe Biden put out an ad today for his campaign, that's also banking on that. They're banking. They're living on a prayer and hoping that people are so stupid and so easily manipulated that they'll see uh, an advertisement of, you know, January 6th and like a swastika and they'll go, Donald Trump bad, Donald Trump. And I don't think that even works anymore. Because I don't think, especially young people, I don't think they're afraid. Like, I don't think they think Donald Trump is some sort of dictator. They make a lot of memes about him. They, you know, but I don't get the sense that they're shaking in their boots over Donald Trump. And all of these Democrats are so happy to deflect all of the blame to people who they said, by the way, here's the part that kills me. They said... When the people that they're now blaming were in charge, when Republicans were in charge and this stuff wasn't happening, the border wasn't perfect, but it was definitely a lot better than it is now. It's the most secure border we've had in quite some time. They had so much criticism, Jared. They knew how to do it better. They knew how to do it in a more humane fashion. They had all the answers because they went to Harvard. They're the best and the brightest. They're the Avengers. They knew what every person was doing wrong. They called them concentration camps at the border. They knew every, they knew all the issues and they had a plan for how, if you just voted for them, they could make it better. And now they've been in there for almost four years. And the people who had all the answers and all the criticisms and were more than happy to sit in the peanut gallery, now they turn around and they go, well, do you think it's right that Republicans are calling out our failure? Oh, you don't like the fact that Greg Abbott is exposing how bad this is? You don't like the fact that he's just not letting Texas be destroyed and keeping his mouth shut? You don't like the fact that he's highlighting how moronic you all are? 
That's politics, baby. That's politics. That's that's what you do. He he's been left in the lurch here. People in Texas feel like they've been left in the lurch. People in these border states. And so if, if if you're going to gaslight people and tell them in these border towns that this isn't a real problem, then maybe the only way they can make you understand it's a real problem is by taking that problem and sending it to you. And the response when they do that is, how dare you? That is that is so wrong. That is so wrong. Well, they wouldn't have to do that if you fix the problem in the first place. Peter, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Peter. Hi, Grace. I was just... Uh... Uh, thinking you get it all wrong on the suing the bus companies. We should get behind that, start a GoFundMe page, and sue all transportation. It'll bring everything to a halt. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. A lot of these lawsuits, I'm not really sure how effective they are. But Mayor Adams, uh, he's also his strategy here is bizarre. Like I saw a press conference where he's holding up pictures now of L.A. of Skid Row. And trying to brag about how much better New York City is compared to L.A. I don't think you're making the points you think you're making. And also, you're kind of, uh, that's damning with faint praise. Like, yeah, you're, okay, maybe New York, maybe New York City is better than Skid Row. I'm not familiar with Skid Row. I, I know what it is, but I've never been. But is that the bar now? Is like New York City, we went from New York City the capital of the world. This, you know, nobody ever, the city that never sleeps you can get New any. York has a brand. You make it there. You can make it anywhere. And now we've we've gone from that to we're better than New York. That's their brand now. Ready? New York City. We're better than Skid Row. Need, our, I, say, need I say more? Our homeless camps have bathrooms. Their homeless camps do not. So ipso facto win. Do, do I have that right though? Is that what he did? Yes. Can, I, we we have the cut. He actually held up. A picture from we get Skid Row. A, yeah. Let's get a tiny bit of the cut. This is another city in America. This is another city in America. This is what I saw when I was driving around the city January 1st, 2022. This is an example of another city in America. This is what, this is what you threw up your hands. Fires burning on the street. Children out here. There are no toilets. This is, go look at other cities. Okay, so that, that is what we're going with now. He went from saying New York City's a place where, and I'm paraphrasing here, but not that much, <laughs> not as much as you'd hope. He went from saying New York City's a place where anything can happen. You have a birthday party one day and a plane flying into a tower the next day. That was his first advertisement for New York City. Now his advertisement is New York City. Look at this picture of Skid Row. We're not that bad. Wow. What a marketing plan. I'm sure tourism is just booming. Um, let's go really quickly here to Derek. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Derek. Hi, Grace. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. If, um, here's what I like. Here's what I like to say. If Joe Biden actually survives and makes it to running for president, I sure hope the Republicans just play that clip over and over again of Joe Biden saying, "Surge the border." That is what set this whole thing in motion. Thanks, yeah. Grace. Thank you, Derek. That was part of his humane immigration policy. He said that during the debate stage. He would he would encourage people to surge the border. And you know what? 
mission accomplished. It's very it's very rare you get to say to Joe Biden, mission accomplished, but that is one of those cases. Thank you to everybody who called in today, to everybody who listened. This is the third anniversary of the Grace Curley Show, and uh, we have more to talk about when we come back. But I, I first want to tell everyone, Jared, about this cozy little spot that they can check out. It's in New England. It's in Cape Cod, which is, you know, Cape Cod is such a beautiful, beautiful spot. It's usually very expensive. It's usually very exclusive. But with the Nasa Beach Inn, you're going to get a deal here that you're not going to believe. Yeah, you've, you've heard me talk about it before and when I stayed there and, and why I love it. I love the tranquility of it. I love the proximity to the beach. There's fireplaces in every room. You can watch the sunrise. There's fire pits. It's great. And you should take my word for it because I'm a man of integrity. But if you want to see more for yourself, you can actually check out our social media. If you go to at Howie Car Show on X and Howie Car Radio Network across our other social platforms, right now you can actually see the Nauset Beach Inn in a video that's been put up. And you can see firsthand what it looks like, what you can experience down there. And there's a link where you can take advantage of this super, super special. Yes. And like Jared said, it's just a really great spot. There's fire pits outside, fireplaces inside. It's pet friendly. And if you're familiar with Cape Cod, it's it's really hard to be able to go there and, and not break the bank and get reservations at a restaurant and be able to walk around. But that's the beauty of going to Nasa Beach Inn on the off season. So go to NossetBeachInn.com. They've opened up some reservations for winter getaways. That's NossetBeachInn.com. We will be right back with Taylor Cormier. Don't go anywhere. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curly Show. And I'm a member of Pathological Liars Anonymous. In fact, I'm, a, I'm the president of that organization. <laughs> yeah, that's who I am. Yeah, that is so dead on for Prince Andrew. And I got to give major kudos to Matt for coming up with that joke because I know he worked it into your intro, Taylor, coming I, up. I missed what this is all about. You'll see. You'll see. He's just, he's a genius back there, Matt. We we don't give him enough credit, and he deserves it. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm excited for you. What do you got planned today? Oh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> did anything happen yesterday? See, Taylor was a little worried when he came in the green room, because he was doing his own work, and then he comes in the green room, he sees the text popping up about Stephen Hawking. And you said to me, Grace, oh no, did you talk about that? that that's not verified. And I said, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Everything Excuse I talked me. about was either published in. Well, I will be honest. I took a little bit of a risk because at first I was going with the UK tabloids, but since then it's been Newsweek and New York Post. So no, the one thing I remembered last night reading all the the Twitter feeds and, and everybody circulating a lot of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, the one I almost fell for was, or the one I wanted to believe was true, that Stephen Hawking's... Uh, are you going to get us in trouble here? No, I'm not. Stephen Hawking's proclivity was watching little people solve <laughs> impossible equations on a too-high chalkboard. Oh, God. Why was there so much garbage being circulated, though? Like, why did... And a lot of it was, like, conservatives. They were posting fake transcripts. Because people are easy to dupe. Really with, easy. With... with Especially with something so voluminous, 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 uh, and it took a while to get through. There was a big gap of time for everybody to just 
make up something that looked like the actual transcripts from the uh, Epstein documents. And you know, Taylor, it's your lucky day. They're saying more is going to come out today. Today? Uh-huh. That's what oh, I heard. Boy. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to The Grace Curly Show today. And for the last three years, we really appreciate it. And we look forward to giving you more entertainment and more news tomorrow. See you then.